leave the what what you not leave? <laughs> <laughs> are listening to leave the door open the podcast with trey Cochaver and seamus curley today me and seamus are here to discuss the groundbreaking series adaptation of the popular video game the last of us created by craig mazin and game creator neil Druckmann. not that you would get that you fucking non-video game ass nerd. i did see one of those like car- sports cars the other day that had like that gta chrome type um like paint, paint job paint? yeah yeah where it was like it looks like all sorts of different colors like type of oh metal, okay i know wh- whatever that's called yeah yeah i don't think that's specific to gta but i get why you think it's from there because i that's where, where i remember it most yeah, that's where my brain vividly yeah yeah but i saw one of those cars in my rear view mirror and i was like holy shit that paint job exists <laughs> yeah it's a real thing yeah it's it was a it was a marvel yeah, I don't think so, man. You said it was GTA, and that was not made by Marvel. You're right. You're right. Well, that was a stupid way to ruin a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get told that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a skill of yours. Yeah. Speaking of Marvel and DC, uh, they got a... They're just... Um, are you getting tired? Are you feeling the superhero fatigue? Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely fucking yeah, sick yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Uh, I just every the last few things from Marvel have sucked. Everything since Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, I've struggled with a lot of the movies, but you know the special presentations I've enjoyed on Disney Plus. Yeah, like the Guardians Christmas one was just kind of fun. I haven't seen that, but and I've heard then it's fun. And fun Werewolf funny. by Night. Love they Werewolf went all Night. practical, and uh, the guy who did the score for the Batman uh, directed it. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, nice. Yeah. That's cool. So is that what Michael Giacchino? Yes, yes, yeah. that's yeah. He he directed it, and it was like his first segue into that, and he nailed it immediately. It, it's a, it's just like you gotta trust in the practical effects. I think. Yeah, it was only one thing that I didn't like about Werewolf by Night, and mm-hmm. it's that hallway scene when uh, the werewolf is running down it, and there's just like three yeah. dudes that just die clearly without being touched. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even notice that. Yeah, other than Probably that, because it. of the flashing and how... It, I, what I found cool about that shot was how it was lit by that door that was slowly closing that yeah. whole time. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything else, even that scene, was awesome. It was just mm. that one moment where I was like, come on, guys, you can at least let the werewolf get there before yeah. the guy dies. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is a totally fair complaint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's been a while, Trey. It's, it been, it's been quite a minute since we, we've podcasted. We've been busy. We have been busy. We have been hard at work on our little uh, sketch comedy show, which uh, I believe we have a title. If we would like to do a title reveal today, you think? uh... No, I think that that would be stupid. That would be a foolhardy thing to do. I'm not going to say anything else. Anyways, but yes, (laughs) we have been hard at work on our sketches, and we look forward to sharing them with each and every one of you. As death glare the right time, now. why? Why do I deserve the death glare? No, I say I'm getting one. Oh, you're getting one. Yeah, I'm getting a death glare. Is it from me or is it from the kitten? Yes. Ah, oh, she's gone. Oh god. Okay, so just from you then. Just from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I want your death. But we have been hard at work on these sketches. We think they're going to bring you guys a uh, a lot of confusion and joy and. Uh, <laughs> 
And stay tuned for future episodes of the podcast because we will go further and further into uh, what we have planned for you. Yeah, in regards absolutely. To all that. Big, big changes are coming. And sorry we've been gone for a while. Yeah, yeah, but we have been busy. And we are just... Um, we're, we're working away on that show. And we will be there soon. Is there the unnamed place where you will all see us? I don't want to go Your dreams. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're already there, Trey. I'm in your dreams? Yeah, absolutely. You're in mine, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, what you're always the villain. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I'm the villain of my own dreams, too. Your cat's the villain of our reality. Yeah, she's awful. She's evil. Yeah, she's really adorable, though. Oh, yeah. She's cute, but psycho. You know, I've been recently seeing these ads for um, litter boxes that, like, they're self cleansing in like it's it rotates in like a circle yeah drops all the poop in the have you seen that stuff on tiktok i have yeah i bought uh a different automatic litter cleanup box uh-huh and, how's uh, it how's it going it's awful i actually turned it off and i just use it as a regular litter box <laughs> it was like 120 dollars, and it was a waste a total waste you gotta go all out if you're gonna get um yeah mo- yeah uh, yeah motor powered one yeah, I might, I don't know, man, I, I might get one of those, but also I don't trust anything that's advertised on TikTok. Yeah, that's, ever. that is fair, that is fair. I think I bought, I think I bought one thing off of TikTok and it was awful. It was the, um, like, essential oil diffuser that looks like a flame. Yeah. And it looked cool, it was super cool, until it broke two days later. Oh, only two days? Yeah, it did not last long. Oh, I thought, oh, I thought you It was probably was like a week or two, around. but it really would no. No. It was really fast. I think it was under two weeks and it was broken. Oh, that's that's such a bummer. I mean, I remember back in the day buying Snuggies off of uh, As Seen on TV ads. Yeah, yeah. Snuggies were great. I miss my Snuggies. Yeah, I haven't. I forgot that Snuggies existed until this moment. I haven't thought about them in like three years. I know. Let's bring back the Snuggie. You want to buy a Snuggie? Oh, no. <laughs> Are you doing it? All right. I'll respect it. I think there's probably cooler, more niche Snuggies than there ever have been before. Yeah, I remember the Snuggie I had was just a Broncos Snuggie, and I don't give a fuck about sports. Yeah, who so. gives a shit? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like I had some plain-ass Snuggies. But, like, I feel like that type of culture was just taken over by people being into onesies again. <laughs> Not me. That'd be I saw you, crazy. like, two days ago in here playing with your cat and you were wearing a shark onesie <laughs> yeah so what i'm not i'm not saying anything about, i'm just saying it happened it's a fact yeah okay. it's a fact of life we were both there sure and i caught you yeah yeah caught me doing what something that i love <laughs> something that yeah. makes me happy and what does your shirt say today dad jokes oh, on it has full. A, yeah it's just dad jokes and then it has a fuel gauge that's uh, all filled up Yep, you're all full of shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, I've talked about this before. My sister got me that pun calendar. You know, yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, and calendar. I mentioned before. I always, uh, I would read it to my Discord friends every day. They'd be mm-hmm. gaming, and I'd hop in and just read them the pun of the day, and then leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's become a work thing. Uh, so yeah. every day I read it to my team. Uh, but then in bigger meetings, it's been started to get requested by like 
upper managers. They picked up steam. Yeah, like yeah. That, the head of the video department at Activision during a meeting. <laughs> he was like asking the other, at the end of it, he was asking the other managers like, all right, you have any updates? You have any updates? All right, cool. Seamus, pun of the day. <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? Don't count out the pun of the day. The pun of the day is always there. Every day. You know, the other the other day, the one that I read to that group is one of my favorites of the year. You want to hear it? I'm sure I already have, but let the listener hear it. <laughs> All right, here, here it is. Yesterday, I gave up my seat on the bus for a child. Today, I lost my job as a bus driver. <sighs> <laughs> I did hear this one. That one's and then, good. And then on St. Patty's Day, didn't uh, the pun have your name in it? It did. It did. It was... Um, uh, St. Patrick's Day puns don't just uh, shame you. They shame us all. And it even had my name spelled right. <laughs> oh, wow. So it did the Seamus spelling. Mm-hmm. You say yeah. that's the right spelling. I say that's just a option of spelling. No, that's the original spelling. No. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. No. Mm. Mm. Yes. No. What's the original S-H-A-M-W-S. spelling of your name? S-H-A-M. W S and by W I mean two U's, not yeah. W. <laughs> wow, double two, two U's. Wow, you know I I've heard that's, it was I went to a words are going I went to a Starbucks at one mm-hmm. point and I love how they misspell my name. Actually, whenever I say Seamus and a few times that they're like, uh, how do you spell that? And I literally say. Doesn't matter. It's up to you. Give it your best shot. <laughs> uh, and it's because uh, my favorite spelling of my name that I've ever, ever had uh, was S C H E A M O U S E. Shamus. 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 It was incredible. It was That's like 12 grand. letters. It was twice the amount of letters that are in my name. Yeah. The only times I've seen my name misspelled is T R A Y. Yeah. But I'm not. No, I've, I've you seen your name spelled T R E T R A T O R. You fucking traitor! You missed the I. There's an I in traitor. <laughs> I missed the I. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. I don't no, know. I, I said T. Uh, wait, T R A I T O. We'll find out later. I actually don't. Yeah, remember. yeah. I feel, we'll, like I feel we'll like listen I said to the it. edit. We'll we'll find out. I could have been wrong. The listener can help us hold you accountable. Yeah, which, I'll hold myself accountable. No. Be like Dobby in Chamber of the Secrets. Just bash yourself over yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I encourage this. I encourage yeah, I this plan encourage, for you. Help. Give a helping hand. A helping fist. A helping fist. Yeah. Helping backhand. All these things are useful to me. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you need uh, uh, some extra muscle to guide you through a difficult terrain. Yeah. Or like extra muscle like in a seafood dish. That also helps. Or a companion uh, to guide you through a landscape that may or may not have um, uh, forces that are trying to take you out. Yeah, like a little talking muscle who's been brought to life by a wizard who's just going to fly around and say little things and try and save the muscle community from being eaten in seafood dishes. It's like Finding Nemo, but with muscles. What I'm getting at is (laughs) we're here today to talk about The Last of Us. Like us too, because we're the only ones home? God damn you. Leave the door open the podcast with Trey Coachaver and Seamus Curley. Produced by me, Seamus Curley. Mushrooms. Oh, God damn you. 
Spoiler warning ahead for those who haven't yet seen The Last of Us on HBO. We are going to be talking a lot about this show. We really enjoyed this show. And uh, yeah, Seamus, let's get into it. What did you think of The Last of Us Season 1? Oh, man. I mean, absolutely fucking amazing. Outstanding. From start to finish, smashed it out of the park. Um, They really did. Like, probably immediately the best video game adaptation. Oh, hands down. Yeah, there's nothing that can even remotely compare to it. Mm -hmm. It's just so much better. Um, the only thing, the the other one, which it's hard to compare because the other one is not a direct adaptation. It's like it uses the lore, which yeah. is Arcane. Um, yeah. I think Arcane stands up, but it's just it's not fair to compare them because they're just different. But yeah, like the that's... best direct adaptation is crazy. It's so good. Yeah. And also the fact that you're able to see all of these side by side comparisons with the gameplay footage and the cutscenes and what happens in the show mm-hmm. on the internet it's become an internet frenzy in a way yeah uh, everyone has unanimously decided that the last of us was a success in season one it was created by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann and Neil was the one of the creators of the original game. And Craig, Craig Mason. Mason wrote Scary Movie 3 and 4. So. <laughs> and he did all of Chernobyl. Yeah. And Chernobyl was fucking fantastic. So I think everyone was waiting on, was this guy going to do next? Uh, real quick, can we talk about that, Journey? Like how you get from writing Scary Movie 3 to Chernobyl? I know. That's just, right? like, just like out of nowhere. I could not imagine two more different shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just mo- like, movie and show. Yeah, movie yeah. Just like complete slapstick satire parody yeah. um, versus like true history, trying to be as historically accurate as possible, really heavy, daunting subject. And then kind of, he kind of carried that tone through The Last of Us. I mean, I just rewatched all of Chernobyl with my dad like over the course of three days. And then... Uh, I'm like, and then I watched the season finale of The Last of Us, and I'm like, there's a lot of tonal similarities here, mm-hmm. and a lot of similarities in the way they're shot. And yeah, they're just both such good television series. Yeah, yeah, and just uh, the direct adaptation's super cool. I love what they did where they included so much of the video game cast um, mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah, because in a lot of adaptations, voice actors and... Uh, uh, motion capture performers are usually left in the dust. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but they they use so many of them. Uh, like mm-hmm. Troy, uh, Troy Baker, I Troy Baker, his name. Yeah, uh, and played uh, Joel. Yeah, he played Joel in the game, and then he he was in episode eight, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember him in that little documentary bit saying like, "Oh, I was just expecting to be a random zombie and die, but they gave me an actual like named character with an important role." Yeah, um, and then the girl who played Ellie in the games plays Ellie's mother in the last episode. Yeah, Ashley Johnson. She mm-hmm. uh, she's also one of the main cast members of Critical Role. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah, we love Ashley Johnson. Where um, worlds collide. Yeah, she also had a very small role in the Avengers. Oh, I think I, I think I remember. I think yeah. I saw that pop up on TikTok recently. Yeah. Uh, she was like being interviewed for Captain America saving her life or something. Yeah, the actress who played Marlene also, uh-huh. uh, same same actor for the uh, video game and the show. Yeah, that's the she, one that mm-hmm. carried over. Yeah, she transferred into it, which is, or she aged into it. I believe they said, which that's that's just awesome. Have you seen the like? bits of her and troy baker breaking into song 
no. as they're shooting The Last of Us. No, I haven't so, seen that. And then they basically improvised it into a musical scene <laughs> just for one take. Wait, like during the making of the, the show or the, the game? game? The game. <laughs> no. So they were literally in the middle of making the game, and then they, they just started singing. And, like, it's beautiful musical theater. You would think it's written. It's so good. That's amazing. And no, I've never yeah, seen that. Yeah, it's a super funny clip. <laughs> Anyone could look it up. I highly recommend that you do. But uh, we, of course, cannot talk about this series without getting into its two standout stars, um, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Yeah. Oh, my God. If we didn't need an, if we didn't have enough reasons to love Pedro Pascal already, he gives us plenty more. Oh, yeah. Daddy Pascal crushes it. Oh, yeah. Episode six in particular, he gives such a performance when he's doing this monologue to, toward his brother about how he feels um, like he's not enough yeah. and basically trying to pass Ellie off onto him. Uh, it's just like, he, he just is such a, has such a tough exterior the whole show. And in that moment you see it break yeah, for the I, first time since his daughter died in the first episode. Yeah. His, his journey is really cool. Cause you see a lot of him in the very first episode. Um, and then he just gets, uh, like very reserved, and you think he's just gonna be like this super tough, hard shell exterior, very much like the Mandalorian. Um, yeah. And then, uh, pun intended. Uh, and then, <laughs> as it goes on, yeah, you see him like break down more and more. And by the end, he's so like open and seemingly wholesome. I say hesitantly because yeah. of the other things that he does. <laughs> well, you know, I've heard this argument. And I think Troy Baker might have made it. He he was like, you know, the debate of did Joel do the right thing at the end? And I will warn again, spoilers. Um, he could have saved the world. And why didn't he save the world when he was given that option? But in his mind, he did save the world. It's just his world is the little girl. Yeah. Is Ellie. Yeah, no, I get it. I actually think the, uh, the stupidest decision on the whole show was mm. Marlene should have killed Joel. Uh, as soon as like as he's like no like, you can't kill her and he makes that clear she should have killed him right then and there. Yeah, yeah. I think that goes back to the game though and the yeah. decision they made in the game. But god damn, what an emotional roller coaster. Bella Ramsey really uh just you fall in love with Ellie throughout the the season. Yeah. And she plays Ellie in her own very unique way that you see the differences from the game. You see how she's a little bit more rough and tumble. And uh, yeah, it, it's just a great performance. And I think they're both going to win Emmys for it. I hope so. They both deserve it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. the Outside of just like the acting also, the production design specifically, the show is beautiful. crazy. It's beautiful. It's so vast. It feels like such a large scope that you're not even worried about how big of a scope it is because you're yeah. focused on the intimate relationships happening. Yeah, and the amount of different environments that they were able to able to create. One, one thing, I don't remember if this was you who pointed out when we were watching it, but mm. you never see in apocalypse shows or movies uh, things being green. You just mm -hmm. see like a like, gray, destroyed destruction. Yeah, but, it, but the how show, like, nature takes over. Yeah, it yeah. actually portrays like the, the city. It's like, yeah, nature comes and takes over. It's the Zombies aren't killing trees and stuff. In fact, trees are now thriving and plants are thriving. Yeah, and no one's like 
cutting, trimming anything, so it's going to grow and take over, you know? This is random, but on the subject of nature, did you know that the giraffe was real? I did know that the giraffe was real. Because when we watched it, I was just like, oh, yeah, CGI giraffe. Like, it was like an all right CGI giraffe. That's why I immediately assumed, but then you see the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, no, and it's a real giraffe, and I'm like, wow, I'm stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's easy to assume with how much is faked, especially in stuff nowadays. it's that I thought it wasn't the best CGI giraffe I'd seen. And, and yet, it was completely real. Yeah, and probably the only real one that I've seen on, on in a movie. <laughs> I've seen, I was like seeing him at the zoo, but... I had just seen... I've just been to the zoo like two weeks before that episode also and oh, damn. and seen a giraffe. And you were like... And I that's still fucking... Like. That's not what it fucking looks like. That's a fake giraffe. <laughs> I just bullshit, saw a giraffe. Bullshit. And that's, that isn't one. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like... We can't forget the great characters we met along the way, such as uh, Bill and Frank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we what have a, to take a minute to talk about episode What three. an amazing, oh, just a one-off little episode. That also was, wasn't in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Bill is a character in the game, mm-hmm. and he actually, I believe, had a slightly more significant relationship with Joel and Ellie. Yeah, he helped. He helped them for a little while. It, it was more than it, they actually did interact and like meet in the show. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, in, he, he, or in never, the game, sorry, not the show. But they never meet Ellie in the show yeah. because uh, they're already gone. Yeah, and it's just this beautiful, beautiful little love story with uh, with Nick Offerman, and uh, I believe his name is Murray Bartlett, and mm-hmm. it's just like it's so beautiful. Yeah. When I when I watched that with with my boyfriend, yeah. uh, he, he started crying and I started crying, mm. and he, he pointed out something that is true that I haven't really thought about a lot, which is you don't really see gay characters grow old in uh, in movies. Mm. Um, like you just that doesn't happen. Um, see their whole trajectory, like the whole story. Yeah, you only see glimpses a lot. Yeah, and it's like you you they don't they don't almost ever get happily ever afters with gay characters it just it's just not something that's been portrayed on television almost ever mm-hmm. um so yeah you know you know both both crying a lot <laughs> yeah it's 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 tragic but it is kind of a happy ending i consider it a happy ending um, yeah it's like this is just how it's going and might as well make the decision to make it as lovely as possible between the two of them yeah i remember someone or some people online were upset because they were saying that episode three glorifies assisted suicide which oh, I, is so, the stupidest thing take <laughs> yeah i my coworker who hadn't seen it like was telling me about that because he had read it online and i was just like dude I guess, but like seriously, that is the wrong point to take from the episode by a yeah, lot. <laughs> by a lot. Yeah. And the fact that that episode was followed quickly by the Henry and Sam episode, and mm. you're just like falling in love with this other duo, um, this uh, older brother and younger brother. And uh, it's the similar, it's a similar relationship to Joel and Ellie because it's the protector. <laughs> And the kid with something yeah. that's worth preserving. And, uh, yeah, it's just such a, another tragedy. Yeah, something that I, I love that the show does, that does even better than the game, I think, mm-hmm. is um, give like life to the people in the world outside mm-hmm. of Joel and Ellie. Because with Joel and Ellie, it's, it's hard in the game because you're with them the whole time. It's from their perspective, mm-hmm. mostly Joel's. Um, but in the show, like like episode three, um, they like they give life to those people. Um, uh, Bill and, and Frank, I'm back to their names for a second, mm. but 
uh, they give life to them. They give so much meaning to those characters. Uh, I remember watching one of like the after episode, like little documentary things, and they were talking mm-hmm. about um, the city that they went to, the, uh, Kansas City, that group mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, and the game is just kind of these villains that like you don't really know what's happening um, with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the show, they were talking about how they wanted to add this dynamic and make it like these are real relationships, and this is there's a lot of stuff happening in the city and make you care about the story a little bit. Is are you talking about the one with like the the cannibals? No, no. Um, the one that we were just talking about. Uh, I keep the man oh, and his kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting their names. Um, Henry, Henry. And Sam. Henry yeah, and Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, them, and then the the rebel group that's coming after them, like Melanie Linsky. Yeah, and in the leader in the that. game, that group's just kind of villains. Yeah. Um, in the show, you get like some context for why they're villains, and they're not as as evil as mm. you know you think. There's there's some reasons there's they're doing some what justifications doing. for for what they do at least in their own minds. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I still disagree with them trying to hunt down and kill Henry, but I get yeah. why. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I just think that's so beautiful and really goes into the theme of the show and the game, which is that yeah. it's not black and white. It's not, you know, it's not good and evil. It's, uh, it's good and bad and everybody. Yeah, and, like, homophobic people being like, they're, they're ruining the game with all the woke stuff they're trying to put in it. It's like, Ellie's gay in the game. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Frank were gay in the game. It was just subtler. Yeah. He uh, even says, that, like, in the game, he's like, he was my partner. They just don't dive into it. Um, and yeah, I know uh, in the second game, we won't talk about a lot, a lot of what happens, but Ellie is definitely a lesbian in the second game. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, Bella Ramsey is... Um, gender fluid. Gender fluid. So it's like they're, they're getting an LGBTQ plus character to represent LGBTQ plus character. There's nothing wrong with what's going on here and the homophobes can fuck off yeah L- luckily for that show there's it there's not much backlash most yeah. people just fucking love it and everybody knows that those who are whining about it are in yeah the wrong <laughs> yeah pretty much anybody who doesn't like last of us i immediately assume they're homophobes <laughs> <laughs> or just have really bad taste that's how it is folks <laughs> i'm excited for my coworker to watch it he's very contrarian and mm. uh tends to not like things that everybody else like he doesn't like everything everywhere all at once um oh. don't worry we collectively as a department bully him for it yeah as you should on an almost daily I basis i don't condone bullying but in that in situation, that case yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I he's gonna watch last of us soon and i'm excited i'm excited to see his response i just got my dad to watch it and he's been enjoying it nice. so you know we we fucking love recruiting people for good content yeah no and this oh man it's, it's so good. Every week, I'm so sad that it's over. Every week, I was just I know, looking forward dude, to it. Nothing on Sunday nights anymore. And, you know, it was really awesome when I was able to go to the premiere of the first episode. Yeah. Because I showed up, it was pre-packed, and they locked our phones away. It was probably the first premiere where they locked my phone up. Huh. But they gave it to me in, like, one of those sleeves that you carry on you. Oh, like when we went to the Dan Cook show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So... Uh, I went, they kind of put us in the mezzanine, so we were pretty far away, but Craig Mazin got up and he gave a speech with Neil Drunkman and, uh, at Druckman, uh, Druckman, <laughs> Neil Druckman, <laughs> Drunkman. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, there's just so much warmth in, in the building and, uh, you know, Pedro and Bella were there, but I didn't see much of them. And then that first episode on a theater screen, 
was just like, whoa, yeah, I need like to see more of the show. Because that car shot in the be- in the oh first episode yeah. is reminiscent of like Children of Men, and it's just fucking brilliant. Yeah. And the amount of emotion they pack into that first episode, and the first fucking scene where they uh, describe what's going on with the cordyceps, yeah. is it's all just so fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, you know, I did... Uh... I told you this while we were watching the show, but I saw this video online of um, a real scientist who studies cordyceps talking about the show and, you know, how realistic it is, how non-realistic it is. And the terrifying thing, according to that scientist, is it's actually like like a lot of the stuff in the show, uh, almost all of it is based on how cordyceps would actually act and even the facts they're talking about like if global warming happens the temperature rises, mm-hmm. cordyceps might have a reason to evolve to grow in humans. Um, which and is apparently terrifying. there is a uh, fungus that is spreading quickly that scientists are worried about in several states currently. Oh God, I haven't even heard of that. Oh yeah, look it I'm up. I'm it's, going to after it, this. It is real. <laughs> but yeah, the the thing the scientists said like, and all the, almost all the stuff about the zombies is like very heavily based off of cordyceps or different uh, fungus that have that act similarly. They, they said the only thing that's like pretty unrealistic about the show, which is somewhat relieving. Uh, is that if it did evolve to grow in humans, it wouldn't um, become that widespread because it wouldn't want to kill all of its hosts. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously in Last of Us, it's like full-blown apocalypse. Most humans are dead. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the one comforting society. thing. But the fact that it's like based in reality and possible that it could evolve to that, horrifying. Even <laughs> scarier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like The Walking Dead is dead to me now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I loved Walking Dead back in the day, but uh, yeah, no. it grew tiresome, and it was like the same story every season. Yeah, it, it fell into it fell into a cycle of, mm. uh, you know, they'd find a safe place, some evil humans would come, ruin the safe place, they'd be on the run from zombies. They'd find a safe place, some evil humans would come, and then they're like, "We're gonna the stay here." They make that big grand decision, and yeah. then they're fucked immediately. Yeah, then they have to leave. Yeah, it's just like it's too predictable. Yeah. And I'm not going to say there. there's probably like one episode that kind of reminded me of Walking Dead in the middle somewhere. But overall, like The Last of Us stays enticing. Yeah. And it keeps the plot moving and going to un- less predictable places. Mm-hmm. And that just has a lot of depth. Yeah. And yeah, it's not every place they went was ruined also. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of the things like some of the places were fine like they, when they saw Tommy and his brother or uh, sorry Joel's brother Tommy <laughs> yeah yeah that town was just nice it was um, yeah I I love the progression I love what they chose to show the different environments and like the passage of time also and it is so well done oh and, and you know uh, oh, another cool thing about the premiere uh, best thing there was a lot of people from the crew in the audience oh nice so when the credits rolled you know it was just like little pockets of people being proud as fuck for all their work and it was it's just a great experience being at premieres just for that part just seeing everybody get their dues yeah yeah do you do you have a favorite episode six is a soft spot for me because Mm. joel gives that amazing monologue to tommy yeah he just breaks down and you see him in a whole different light but it's hard not to say episode three yeah it's hard that one's just so Mm -hmm. outstanding yeah it's just a little film in in that way i I love shows that do that they have like one spinoff episode Mm -hmm. mythic quest i was gonna say uh, has that um uh craig may isn't it 
it does have Craig Mazin yeah. in it, but it also has like great one one off episodes. Yeah. But yeah, Craig Mazin shows up as a character in Mythic Quest, and he is the character I hate more than any oh, other he's character a piece I've of almost shit seen in, that show. in any show. Well, it's funny because that was my first. That was the first time I like knew who he was. Was yeah. in the show, and yeah, then like, got exposed to him. Yeah, and then you told me he was one of the runner the showrunners of Last of Us, and I was like, oh, weird. And then the after like documentaries, every time I see him, I'm like, wait, you're not. An asshole? Oh, our power just went out. Our power just went out. Yeah. That's nice. Ah, fuck it. We'll do this in the dark. Yeah, we got it. Uh, but yeah, he, he is the most obnoxious character in that show. He's just like hired to basically supervise a really adorable lesbian couple. <laughs> and, and ruin every cute moment they have. Exactly. That is his sole job. And Awful. they, I don't think he's in the show anymore, probably because he's too busy. Yeah, that's uh, fair. But he was there for a little bit, and uh, it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> I, lo- I love his writing work, though. I yeah. do love it. Well, I, I like the role of that character because it makes you like everybody else more. Yeah. Because you have, like, characters like that, I think, are important because mm-hmm. it tells you, like, hey, this is a real piece of shit. So, so then... <laughs> It lets you not hate someone else as much, you know? Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, the main character in that show, um, Ian. played with Rob McElhenney. Yeah, yeah, Ian Grimm. Uh, uh, yeah, Ian. He, um, he's an asshole. He's, yeah. a, he's a bad dude. He's a narcissist. <laughs> uh, but the fact that Craig Mason's character is such a just dick. Yeah. It makes you kind of okay with Ian. Yeah, yeah. That is, <laughs> that is a good point. And you know the other crazy thing about Craig Mason he was supposed to come play at my escape room. He made a booking. He paid for it. He was supposed to come in and play, and we were going to meet him, and he just never showed up. Damn it. He never called for a refund. Nothing. Wow. He just wasted like 120 bucks. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you just made The Last of Us, you could you probably can afford, afford to that. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like, why, man? <laughs> I wanted to meet you. Yeah, come play your goddamn room. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, okay, I... I give the show like a 99.9%. I only have one thing that I, I didn't super like. I didn't like hate it, but I, yeah. I was like, oh, uh, the last episode was really fucking short. It was it, just a little too fast for the emotional resonance, I agree. Yeah. I think even if they had the exact same amount of plot in it, but they made it the same length as the other episodes, it'd be fine. Yeah. But it was like 15 minutes shorter than all the other episodes. Um, and yeah, it, it just felt a little rushed. Yeah, a little abrupt of an ending. I yeah. wanted more grandiose. I wanted to savor it, kind of. Yeah. This big dramatic buildup to this I, moment. Yeah, and it I... It felt like other moments were almost bigger along the way, mm-hmm. which dulled this moment. Yeah. Or I saw it coming. It, it felt almost like the episode before was the finale. Yeah. When, when they beat the cannibals, you know? Um, but yeah, I, that that was just a little odd to me. I even I love where they cut it off at the end of the episode, the last moment where she's just like, okay, mm-hmm. and believes him. Uh, amazing, but yeah. yeah, just it was so abrupt. But genuinely, that's my only complaint with the show. Yeah, Everything yeah, else is no, outstanding. That is a fair complaint, and I actually uh, agree. So uh, no, no complaints here. I'm, I'm not gonna fucking fight you. Yeah, fuck oh, it, bro. Okay, fucking I will. You want you want fight? Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, fuck the podcast. Yeah, fuck. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) You almost kicked my ass there. Yeah. Scared of you now. Me too. Well, (laughs) any final thoughts on The Last of Us besides besides your one complaint ended on ended on Uh, a shitty note? Well, if you haven't watched Last of Us, the fuck are you doing? Go watch Last of Us. What the fuck are you doing? 
It's so goddamn good. Pedro Pascal, just trust in daddy. Trust in daddy. And it's I would say it's the best thing that's come out this year so far. Yeah, yeah. It's just massively entertaining. All right, you guys. Thank you for joining us on Leave the Door Open. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Yeah. And I guess we'll see you next time. I'm going to go figure out why all the lights turned off. Oh, shit. Leave the Door Open, the podcast, is now available wherever you find your podcasts. Go ahead and leave us a review and let us know what film or show you'd like to hear us chat about next week. If you like this episode and want more, give us a follow to get the latest updates on future episodes of the podcast. For more info on Leave the Door Open, visit us on Instagram at Leave the Door underscore pod, TikTok at Leave the Door underscore, and Twitter at Leave the Door pod. And make sure to check out The Last of Us on HBO Max. Thanks for listening. Until next week. Trey, do you think that back in ancient Rome, like the people that were in Pompeii that got by the volcano, you know, do you think that they were just standing there? What do you think they were doing? Do you think that they were? I know there's the masturbating guy. Seamus, leave the door open.